This is Cruise Radio. Do yourself a favor and always cruise with travel insurance. You can find a free quote at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Carnival Inspiration. All the way out on the West Coast this time. We don't hear from any ships out there, so uh, Lauren's going to give us her review of her latest sailing just uh, like two weeks ago. Also, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News on a cruise right now. So if you want to follow along, you could follow along with our daily trip reports. That's at cruiseradio.net. Uh, by the way, also our daily news briefs still happening, even though we're sailing, still pumping them out. That's Cruise Radio News. You can search for that podcast feed there as well. All right, Sherry Laskin, hello there. Hey, Doug. So last week, Royal Caribbean announced that their ship Navigator of the Seas was going to get like, uh, it was over $100 million worth of makeovers in 2019. Yeah, in fact, it's $115 million, but who's counting? <laughs> yeah, and so literally starting from the top of the ship, they're, they're, you know, I guess the whole deal now is to fix water parks and make them, you know, there's this competition, right? That's what I think. So they're going to have an aqua coaster that they're saying will be the longest water slide at sea. I think it's like 800 feet with hills and turns and things. And then they're putting this, I don't know how this is going to work, but it's a head first water slide. So you'll lie down on a mat and off you go. And then on the safer side, there's going to be a new splash pill, a new splash pool for the kids. So that's good. And then uh, moving down the ship, um, they're putting in a two-story bar called the Lyman Coconut, and that's going to have live music. And then I kind of like this idea. They're they're putting in a Johnny Rockets Express huh. burger bar. Kind of sounds like um, someone else's burger bar, but. Uh, mm-hmm. And then moving right along, there's going to be a laser tag and mini golf. Uh, they said the Royal Promenade's going to get a little bit slightly less fabulous makeover, so sort of like a mini makeover. They're putting in uh, a storefront called To Dry For, and that's going to be the first blow-dry bar at sea, but it's also going to offer uh, manicures and pedicures. So, you know, you can get your hair blown dry, and I think it's a great idea, actually. Yeah, sure. Why not? You say that they're they're going to have the longest water slide at sea. That's what they're claiming. Yes. It's funny. Like all these cruise lines are in this like pissing match to be the biggest <laughs> whatever at sea. You know. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, and, and you know, and this um, one, I think it's the one with the mat that you're going head first at mm-hmm. the bottom. It's going to be like this transparent tube, and that you're going to be able to see out over the ocean. I don't. Know. <laughs> that's really cool, though. <laughs> I mean, that's. Uh, I know you're not a big heights person, so you might not really care for that too much. Not to. I might try it, though. And just a couple more things they're putting in there. They're, they're adding the Jamie's Italian restaurant that they have on the other ships and some more eateries. So, you know, it's looking kind of good for $115 million. Port Canaveral yeah. just broke an all-time cruise record. They did, and uh, it's kind of cool. They, uh, they had more than 4.5 million cruisers pass through the port this year, but actually it's they, they judge it September through September. But anyway, the 4.5 million cruisers were uh, part of uh, cruising on multi-day cruising vessels, as they call them. So that would leave out the gambling ships, because that always upped the ante over here for how many cruisers pass through Port Canaveral. And so that's up 300,000 from last year. So they're really doing well, and uh, they, they just keep growing. Yeah, and speaking of growth, you had a lot of ships down there, like what, last Monday? It was Monday, yeah. I grabbed my camera and ran down to the port and went to the seventh floor of the Exploration Tower to get some pictures. 
and uh, Terminal A, we had, there was Disney, um, Norwegian, Gem, Crystal Symphony, and Anthem of the Seas. I had never seen the Anthem up close. Mm -hmm. And then Little Enchantment was over at Terminal B, and that ship left early before everybody else. But we had five ships in port, and that was, that's it. I don't know if that's a record. I looked at the cruise schedule on Port Canaveral's website, and I couldn't find any other day close by that had five ships. So we're just a couple of years away from Virgin Voyages' Scarlet Lady making her debut in Miami. And uh, they announced some, well, I guess they announced her first destination? They did. The first destination to be announced is Havana, Cuba. So I think that was pretty exciting. Um, they've been Virgin, the brand has been going there for years, so it's not really that far-fetched to think that Scarlet Lady will go there. And it's going to stay overnight, which is kind of cool. Um, it's an adults-only ship, as we talked about a long time ago. But that's really nice because then the passengers can go and experience Havana's nightlife. And, you know, you don't have to worry about kids on the ship and leaving them behind or <laughs> anything like that. Um, they don't have the itineraries written up yet and reservations um, won't be taken until sometime next year. At least we have one of the destinations. That's kind of exciting. So this next one is a follow-up. Remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about how Princess like just suddenly changed dining times, like shifted them an hour earlier for everyone? Well, mm -hmm. they got, I guess, a ton of pushback because it looks like they are defending their dining change now. Yeah, last uh, last time we talked, there was a lot of negative reaction, and it was all coming out through social media because Princess changed their traditional dining times from the original 5.30 and 7.45. They made three dining times, 4.45, 5.15, and 7.15, and really 4.45. All this hoopla started, so I called Princess just before we get on the phone here, and they have abandoned the three fixed times, and now they've adjusted it to 5 o'clock and 7.15. So there's only two. It's uh, a half hour earlier than the traditional original ones. And um, they still say, you know, subject to change based on location or ports of call. So, you know, in Europe, they may make it later if you're in, you know, in port for a longer time or for South America, too. Everyone dines later in those countries. So... It's a little flexible, but basically Caribbean, it's, it'll be um, 5 and 7.15 for traditional. Got a couple of new ships coming out in the, well, later this month and next month. What do we have? This is getting busy. Royal Caribbean Symphony of the Seas comes out mid-November. Celebrity's Edge will debut at the end of November. And then Holland America's new Stottendam uh, comes over here from Europe in uh, the middle of December. It's going to be a very exciting two months. Can't wait. Um, so we have a listener question here. If you have one, drop me a line. Doug at cruiseradio.net comes from Canton, Ohio. He says, what is the perks you get if you book a suite with Carnival Cruise Line? Yeah, you know, it's not huge. I think the main benefit of having a suite with Carnival is the size of the stateroom. They are much bigger. And, and Carnival already has large staterooms. So Space is one perk that's across the board. The other ones are you have VIP check-in, you have priority embarkation and debarkation, you have a mini fridge in your room, uh, deluxe bathroom has a whirlpool tub except uh, on the older fantasy class ships. They don't have the in-room whirlpool tub. And then you've got these new Havana Cabana suites on Vista and Horizon. And in addition to all the other amenities, they, you know, of course, have access to the pool area and a bar, but their bathroom has a special rain shower. We've been talking with Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. Thank you, Sherry. 
Thanks, Doug. We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at cruiseradio.net. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting CruisingExcursions.com. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime. Straight from Cruise Radio. So Lauren and her husband just returned from a three-night cruise on Carnival Inspiration. Lauren's on the line. Hey, Lauren. Hey, Doug. How's it going? Good. So you just got back from a three-night cruise on Carnival Inspiration. So before we get to the ship, because first off, we haven't heard of, uh, I haven't done a review on Carnival Inspiration in probably years. So uh, I want to get some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to take this three-night cruise uh, out of the West Coast? Because you live over on the East Coast. I do. I am landlocked in Pennsylvania. And if I'm being honest, my interest was simply that I was already going to be in California. Um, my employer was going is uh, sent me there on business, so I didn't have to pay for my flight. And when I found out I was going to go to be in Los Angeles, and I knew that there were cruises on ships that I was not going to have access to as easily normally, I looked up my options, and the inspiration fit my schedule best. And um, I just wanted to experience a different ship, even though it's one of Carnival's tiniest, tied for smallest. I thought it would be a good, a fun experience to see the difference. And so far, I'd only really been on the biggest ships that Carnival and Norwegian have. As far as pricing goes, because you you are sailing or you're going to sail uh, on Carnival Liberty on like what was it? Are you going to sail on a three night on Liberty? It's a it's four. Okay, four. And yeah, we picked that one because it was like ten dollars more for the extra day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, in February. So as far as comparing uh, the pricing from the West Coast to the East Coast, is it about the same? I believe it's probably similar. I actually like ha- kind of fail on answering this question without researching it. No problem. Um, because we booked a junior suite because yeah. it's we're celebrating our anniversary and because the prices are so low for those little those short little sailings on the the smaller ships that I was like, yeah, it's lower than the price of any cruise we've done so far, and we get to be in a bigger room. That's um, awesome. So you make your way to Long Beach to the cruise terminal, which they just, like, <laughs> in the past year, have redone the cruise terminal over there in Long right. Beach. What did you think of that? It was actually, it was both really weird and really cool at the same time. There, It's this big dome, and I didn't know why it was a dome, but it was. Uh, it was almost like they wanted it to be an outdoor thing and then realized, wait, it rains sometimes. Um, And then there were like hanging from the ceiling, there were um, like airplane replicas. And I did notice getting off, like when we were getting off, there was like some poster that probably explained why there were airplanes hanging from the ceiling and featured in the cruise terminal, but I didn't read the poster. but it was it was otherwise a nice space and it felt relaxing and they had a nice little like thing to take a picture in front of that like it was kind of like an Instagram frame. You're supposed to probably stand behind it, but then you need someone to take the picture for you. And it says, welcome to Long Beach Cruise Terminal. And it's a fun thing to do before you even get to get on board. From curb to ship, how long would you say it took? It was really fast. Mm-hmm. 
And I did have Faster to the Fun, but we didn't get there very early. So it was probably about the same amount of time because the ship leave that particular cruise leaves pretty late in the evening relative to most cruises that have to get farther to their de- first destination mm-hmm. that people I think were still at work um, and they were boarding later. <laughs> um, it was like maybe 10 minutes, um, maybe a little bit of flag time for me taking pictures with, <laughs> with the Instagram frame. What's the main reason you buy faster to the fun? I actually normally don't. Mm-hmm. Um, we got it this time because I've heard of Los, um, LA's infamous traffic. Um, just all of their roads I've just uh, heard are terrible. So even though our flight wasn't till 2 p.m., I was just really nervous about getting getting home on our flight. And so it was mostly for getting off the ship. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. You make your way on board Carnival Inspiration. What were your first impressions of the ship? Well, it was darker, I guess, feeling than other ships, but that's really just the color of the decor. It still felt really cool to me. It was the first ship that I've been on that had the glass elevators in the lobby. I've seen that in hotels, of course, um, but the first ship that I've seen it, and I thought that was a really nice feature. I did The one thing I did miss from um, the Horizon was the two-story staircase that kind of goes all the way around the lobby, which I think is really, um, it's really pretty and fun to walk around. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked the skylight. And um, the other thing that was really fun was that all of Carnival's ships for all of their October sailings have this large, like, jack-o'-lantern captain, like, like cruise captain that you can take a picture with for Halloween. Um, And I'm a sucker for Halloween. So that was the first thing that I did pretty much was put my stuff down and get someone to take a picture of me with the, with, I don't know what his name is, but it's, uh, it's, it's, isn't it patch the pumpkin pirate? Maybe you're probably right. Something like that. Do, Do you have a ritual you do? Like the first thing you get on the ship, do you like head to, I don't know, the bar or head to eat or like, what is the first thing you do when you get on board? Kind of, I feel like it's been different every time. Um, we did since we had faster to the fun. We took our stuff straight to our cabin to drop off, but then we did go straight to eat. Um, I guess now that we're more seasoned cruisers, we know that you should get lunch right away and don't mm-hmm. have that off the ship. That's a waste of money um, unless you really want the local the local cuisine. Um, and then you know just usually make my way to Serenity while the ship is still not completely full and take advantage of some of the places, the spots that are busier on sea days uh, before everybody else gets on board. Let's talk about your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book and what did you think of it? The interior room, I was actually surprised that it was bigger than on the the Vista class ships. I was expecting that because it was a smaller and older ship that the rooms would be smaller, but they're actually bigger. And, you know, had I actually like researched, I could have known that. But uh, yeah, it has a third closet. The bathroom is significantly bigger, particularly the shower. Um, I did feel like it was kind of wasted space for the bathroom. Like it didn't need to take up some of that space. The way that they've designed the bathrooms on the horizon is actually really smart and doesn't waste room, space in the room. But then the room was still just as big. Um, the weirdest thing to me was the fake window, which was dis- re- really disorienting. I wanted to keep like looking out of it to yeah. the point where I like tied up the curtain to so I'd stop trying to look behind it. Um, it was just messing with my head a lot. But the room was great. You could definitely feel the age 
Um, but no real complaints, except for that the walls are less magnetic than I was expecting. They have a thicker layer of plastic, so my magnetic hooks um, weren't really working. Did you find there to be plenty of space for, like, the luggage storage and clothes? Definitely. Um, since we were, it was just a three-day cruise, but um, for the, the conference that I was attending, we our our overall travel was eight or nine days. So we did actually have a significant amount of luggage and we actually never got around to unpacking. We left our suitcases open on the floor <laughs> and just walked around them and didn't feel like we were tripping over them. Okay. Um, yeah. So even though it would have been nice to unpack, I, it was such a short trip and we just didn't get to it. What deck were you on? We were on six, which is the upper deck. Okay. So let's talk about dining here on Carnival uh, Inspiration. Of course, not a ton of dining options, but you do have quite a few. So we'll start in the main dining room, and we'll start by asking, uh, what time dining did you have? I chose uh, traditional dining, which I hadn't previously done. wanted to try it out, and it seemed like a good uh, – like if I got stuck with people I didn't like, it was only three days. <laughs> it wouldn't hurt me too bad. Uh, but I did pick early dining. Um Ages ago, I realized that eating later makes you miss stuff. So I'm never going to pick late dining no matter what, even if I do decide that the assigned dining is really my preference over any time. I, I, the late dining is just too late for, for getting in the way of other activities. And how about the service and food? It was excellent. Um, I mean, the food, I'm sure, was about the same. Um, I, I liked everything, but it was no better or worse than other other carnival cruises I've been on. The service, I think, was better, faster. And I don't know if it's that they've got better servers in there. Like maybe they get promoted into the assigned dining because they have it's less work because it's just those two sets of tables that they have. But on the other hand, they do just have those two sets of tables. And as a waitress, I can definitely uh, imagine that that is going to be a lot easier to do. Everyone's getting drinks together, food together, rather than getting hit with way, like different waves of people in the anytime dining dining room that's one thing carnival is really good at their food is definitely consistent from ship to ship absolutely yeah um okay so how about the lido deck uh i guess buffet area how was that well i don't think i actually got around to eating any uh lido very little uh buffet food i definitely checked it out because i had to take pictures of it because why not <laughs> is what i do but um, and I did have some honeydew for for breakfast a couple of times. But um, m for the most part, because we were eating um, in the dining room and we did chef's table the second night, uh, we didn't really eat a lot there. But we did have we did have pizza, which is kind of off to the side from the the buffet. But all the food did look good. We just didn't have the hunger to eat it, unfortunately. Okay. Now, outside of the Lido buffet, I keep calling it Lido Marketplace, Lido buffet <laughs> is um, is Guy's Burger Joint and Blue Guana mm -hmm. Cantina. How was that? Yes, uh, I was able to snag a Guy's Burger um, right when we, that's actually what we had for lunch the first day. And when we weren't really sure, we, I'm used to there being lines for Guy's Burgers, you know, the whole cruise long, but there was only two people in line. So we snagged one with almost no line waiting. It was excellent as usual. It's one of our favorite things on board. So when we saw that no line, we're like, all right, let's get that not out of the way, but like, let's take advantage of this. Cause we definitely want to eat a Guy's Burger and standing in line, like makes it not as good. Mm -hmm. And how about Blue Iguana? I don't think we got around to eating okay. at Blue Iguana, but that is, um, we do really like, I, I really like the fish tacos. I haven't actually had the burritos because I, 
not really a burrito girl, but their food's pretty good too. We all know pizza's pizza, but uh, <laughs> did you have a did you have any thoughts on the pizza on the ship? You know, I was actually thinking about that um, when we were on board because I'd heard that the the pizza pirate, which is on most of the older most of the ships, people say it's that it's not good, and then my. I don't know if I've actually read anyone's opinion of the pizza on the newer ships, but my opinion of it that I've had it is that it's actually really good. It's They make the pizzas individually and they use fresh mozzarella that's actually good quality and the sauce is good quality too. And I don't know if they changed how they make their pizza at P- the Pizza Pirate on the, the all the ships now. And that's why we I liked the pizza just as much. Or it's just that people don't like Neapolitan-style pizza. Because <laughs> I think people, there was someone in line in front of me saying, oh, yeah, this pizza's not good, which is weird that she was waiting for the pizza. And I was like, well, I'm not going to argue with her, but I know that I disagree. And I think it's just a preference of that style of pizza. Um, but they do, they, I think they do a great job. Now, you got to experience the chef's table on this sailing. Mm-hmm. So talk to us about that. Yeah, the chef's table... Well, I was, you know, hesitant to to do the chef's table just because of the price, but uh, my husband really wants to do it. And another reason that we weren't, we were more hesitant on doing it is that I am a like medium picky eater, and we were worried that for that price, like, is it worth it for me to to pay for me to go to dinner? And he's not going to want to do that by himself. Like, that's a bummer. Um, but then I'd, I'd heard some people say that they're picky eaters and they went to chef's table and they liked it. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm not as picky as I used to be. Uh, I think it's worth, it's worth a shot. Let's try it once at least. And then maybe we'll do it again if we really like it. And I, we were both blown away. All of the food was delicious. I was able to eat like all, but like a piece of garnish or something, um, just because the way that they make their food and like the, like what I'm picky about at this point. How do they do it? Now, is it a is it like a wine pairing with every course? It's not. They offer you they have one red wine and one white wine. I guess that maybe halfway through you could be like, "Oh, actually, can I have a glass of white now?" But I actually was mostly drinking my water and then I didn't it didn't occur to me I could get a second glass of wine so I was like kind of going easy on my on my glass but then found out that you could, I could have had another one had I finished it um but it was just you pick one or the other for your preference and then it's that with water and speaking of going easy on the wine uh, you got the cheers package on this sailing I did. It was a lot of first for me. And that was mostly because of I was like, well, the cruise was about $700 out the door. So I felt like I, I could take advantage of some of the things that I wouldn't normally splurge on. Um, that was a little bit of an adventure, uh, especially because I did have the chef's table one night, which ate into some of my hours of of using cheers. And then the other day was port day and then embarkation day. So I didn't actually have a full day to have to enjoy Cheers per se, um, but we definitely took advantage of it to its fullest. Um, I don't know that I would do it again. Um, maybe again on another three-day sailing, just because the overall price is lower, but definitely not on any sailing longer than that. I mean, you were pretty hardcore. You were keeping tally on your wrist on how many drinks you were drinking. So, I mean, did you break even? Oh, well... See, it's hard to say because I wouldn't, I mean, I definitely got my money's worth. Um, but, you know, I do that at like if I go to a buff, an all-you-can-eat meal and I'm like, oh, well, I paid $12 for this. I need $12 worth of buffet food whether I want to or not. 
Um, I, I think that I probably would have spent less had I just been drinking the amount that I wanted to, like I, I normally drink, yeah. but it, it's reasonable for someone who drinks more than me, um, that it, it's pro it's a good price, but you have to be like a pretty heavy drinker and specifically liquor. Cause if you're beer drinker, those are actually priced pretty like reasonably compared to a land-based restaurant that unless you drink a lot, a lot of beers, um, like that, you're also kind of coming close <laughs> on the, uh, on the horizon transatlantic, my buddy Craig was hitting 15 by nine o'clock at night. <laughs> I was like, good <laughs> Lord, man. Yeah. Even with like mimo like a mimosa in the morning followed by like a bloody Mary, it's still hard. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so let's talk about the entertainment on this three night cruise. What did you think of it as <laughs> far as the, like any comedy shows, stage productions or music around the ship? I have yet to make it to a stage production on a carnival ship. I, I always want to because I especially heard that they've kind of stepped up their game uh, recently. But they have so much going on at the same time that you have to prioritize. And I, um, I love stand-up comedy, so that's always my first choice. And then I also just love the, the shows that the cruise directors run in the atrium. I, the show is probably kind of broad, but they have the 80s trivia party they had on this particular sailing. They, they didn't have the white hot party on this one because they had Halloween costume contest and Mardi Gras. I always enjoy those. The crew, all of the carnival's cruise directors are so fun and entertaining. And you can really, if you're an outgoing person, you can get yourself involved in them, which, which I am. And, and it's, it's just such a blast. And I'm sure that those production shows are excellent, but I just, uh, they overlap with the other things that yeah. I want to do more. There's only, there's only so many hours in the day, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and Carnival doesn't really repeat their production shows, unfortunately. So it makes it harder to schedule one into your day. Now, on the um, on those fantasy class ships, you have to, like if you're going down the promenade, you have to walk through the casino. Did you? So did you find there to be like a smoke issue anywhere on the promenade? You know, I guess I didn't. I didn't really think about it at the time. But now that you mention it, no. Uh, I'm actually at the point where if I go anywhere with that stale s smoke smell, mm -hmm. I think it rem makes me think about a cruise in a positive way. I'm like, oh, this smells like a cruise ship, which is weird. Um, and yeah, I don't think that that familiar stale smoke smell was really there. And you don't actually walk through the casino, you can, um, but you do walk alongside it. Right. So yeah, if there are a lot of people smoking, you would definitely smell it, but it doesn't really have that stale smell. Um, at least like I did actually walk through it because we did play a couple games and it was, it was, I don't know, maybe they have better ventilation or something <laughs> to get the smoke out of the carpets. Yeah. Speaking of, um, walking through the casino or walking along the side of the casino, that's where the, sh the, uh, we didn't talk about this, the sushi, Express sushi mm -hmm. or whatever it's called is set up. How was the sushi on board? The sushi was pretty good. Uh, they didn't have a lot of options. They had, um, they had, I think, four different kinds of fish to do a sashimi or um, or a nigiri, um, and then they had, I think, two or four rolls. I can't remember. It's probably four, um, but there are two in particular that I always get. Um, and they were they were excellent. Um, the we got the spicy tuna, which was pretty much exactly the same as as 
as at Bonsai Sushi, mm-hmm. equally in, as enjoyable. And then we got some salmon nigiri, which was which the fish was good tasting. It was not as generous a portion as I've had at Bonsai Sushi, but it was just as good. Although I did note from the menu price, it was about a little about 25% less expensive. So I think it's just a matter of like, we don't want to run out of fish. So we're just going to go a little easy on it. And how it's set up is it's just kind of like counter service and everything's to go. There aren't tables that you can eat it at. They give it to you in a to-go box. But if they do get a line, they have the little pager things so that you can sit nearby and then they call you when your sushi is ready. Did they put an alchemy bar on Inspiration? There is, yes. How was that? Well, that was actually one of the most exciting things about having the Cheers package was that I could go to the Alchemy Bar and not feel like, oh, God, what do I have to pinch pennies on to afford these drinks? Although they're really only ten ninety five each. But um, that sounds a lot to me when I live in a college town where you can get the same kind of drink for like $4 right. uh, during happy hour. <laughs> um, so I'm kind of cheap when it comes to drinking. But yeah, so it was nice that I could go there guilt-free and really take advantage of of all they have to offer because we usually get one drink from there per cruise because we do really like their drinks. They're, um, we really like the bartenders. And we got one drink each off the menu uh, I can't remember off the top of the head which they were, but they were both really good. And then we asked, we each asked for one that was like a handcrafted kind of thing. Like you say, what kind of flavor you like? I think I liked chocolate. I, I said I liked chocolate. And then they made me a drink that was custom to that flavor. And I said I like whiskey. And they added they had chocolate with whiskey. I'm like, I don't know if that's going to be good, but it was. So, um, yeah, they're just great there. I think probably all the Alchemy bars are excellent. While the ship was at sea, how was it as far as crowds and congestion around the ship and by the pool and such? It was actually really not congested. And I don't know if the sailing was like, I don't really know how full the ship was. Um, it was a it was a Friday to Sunday or I guess Friday getting off Monday. So I would say I would expect that for such a, a cruise that's over the weekend that it would be on the fuller side, even though it is during the school year. And we were always able to get um, to get a lounger if we wanted one. The pools were not crowded. It was the first pool I've been on a carnival ship that was actually warm enough for me to get in, which was nice. I think they all have heated pools, but they don't always heat them. So having the, the warm LA weather, keeping them warm was really nice. And the hot tubs were kind of there. I guess they were probably busy on the sea days. Um, I don't think I got a chance to notice, and I don't remember if I went out on the Serenity Jack on on the sea day, but the main pool was like really not that bad. I didn't really feel like it was crowded, um, like those really crowded times on the bigger ships. Very nice. So you went to Ensenada, was your one and only port on this three-night cruise. Yes. So what did you do there? Well, I am not a person to book excursions um, unless I've got some some money to spare. Um, they're just they're just so expensive. Um, so unless there's something I really want to do, I do always check the excursions, but it, something has to really sound like it's worth the price for me to do it. And so we didn't book an excursion. Um, I did a tiny bit of research, um, but then didn't actually follow through on it. The one thing that I knew that I wanted to see was the fountain that um, it like there's like all these spigots that are in the ground um, that are like right near the ship. And I didn't actually know where it was, but then our path took us right to it. And um, I think I heard that the fountain, it's 
definitely choreographed to music. I could tell that from the small amount of time that we were there. And it, um, but they do a show basically on the hour. Um, And if I had been just in my bathing suit or felt like I wasn't tired, I probably would have ran through it a bunch of times. But um, both getting off the ship, I kind of felt like I was in a hurry to get nowhere because we didn't really have a plan. Um, And then felt like I needed to get back on the ship to really use my cheers package afterwards. (laughs) Um, But the other stuff that we did, we kind of walked through the main road, which had a lot of people, you know, trying to sell you stuff. They're very aggressive street vendors. Um, But... Uh, you know, if you just keep walking, it's it's really not a big deal. I guess someone from a small town might be bothered by it a lot, but I've been to New York enough that it was really nothing. Um, we found a, a nice looking, like a respectable looking jewelry store. And my husband was able to pick out a birthday present for his grandmother that we were able to bring home for her. And, and then we uh, we realized we didn't know where to go for tacos. All we wanted was tacos. So we found the McDonald's and used their Wi-Fi while we ate an ice cream cone. And we found a really great place. Um, it's called 240 Grill, uh, which doesn't sound like a taco place, but I think all they had mm-hmm. is tacos. Well, tacos and like tostadas. And they only have seating for about 15 people maybe. But the food was excellent. The The staff was friendly. Uh, they really want to make sure that we were enjoying ourselves, and um, it was just a really great experience. And it was really close to the ship. It was about a 15-minute walk uh, when we headed back from there. Not bad at all. So uh, you make your way back to Long Beach. How was your disembarkation process, or uh, yeah, how was your debark with Faster to the Fun? <laughs> well, we were actually real bad at waking up. Um, I guess once we were actually in LA and we took Ubers and we kind of experienced the traffic and we're, it's going to be 10 a.m. on a work day, uh, we weren't that worried about getting off the ship super fast. Um, so we didn't even use, we, we've yet to pack up the night before and have our bags out to t- be taken down for us. So um, we woke up, got our stuff put away by the 8.30, get out of the cabin time, went up to Lido to have breakfast. Um, there was really no no problems finding seating uh, while everybody was waiting to get off the ship. And um, and the breakfast selections were, were good. I didn't have a lot to eat just because of all of the cheersing the night before. Um, but then when we were ready to get off, we, we were just carrying our own bags off, so we were able to get off whenever we wanted. And no lines really to speak of until we hit the the customs, which is unavoidable um, unless you're the first person off the ship. Um, yeah. But it really, it wasn't bad. And we made it to the airport with plenty of time to spare. How about tips to offer anyone sailing a three-night West Coast cruise? Um, well, one thing would be that um, if you can get, get there as early as you can, because it's such a small ship that they do... Um, everyone gets off super fast. So they're able to board really fast. And then you have that whole day, you, you feel like you actually get a whole day on board. Um, it's, you could almost be there early enough for breakfast. No, not really. Um, yeah, I would say get there early. Um, I don't know if faster the fun was worth it on that particular cruise, just cause there, there's just not enough people. Actually, I take that back. You know what we used it for? That was, kind of worth it was the two times we had to go to guest services and we got to be like the only people because there was no one platinum on the whole ship uh we were the only people on the the priority line and we got to always be like get the first person that's available after we were standing there 
Um, so we did like that. It, it was the, the price was, I don't know, it's still kind of expensive, but, um, it was nice having that. And then we could have gotten off the ship earlier if we, if we wanted to don't miss guys burger. Oh, that's true for all, all carnival ships. And I mean, I'd say just take advantage of going to the dining room because I think a lot of people feel intimidated by the dress codes, which, you know, when it's not formal night, it's really not a lot. Like just guys don't wear shorts and girls like I, they barely have a dress code for girls on when it's not formal night. And even on formal night, it's really not that bad. Um, like it's really not a lot to just follow that dress code. It's really not that that much to accomplish. And just the food is so good in the dining room. Um, specific to that ship, you know, what I thought was really cool that I found out by accident because I was taking pictures all over the ship was that you can actually get up to on the deck that you can actually touch the whale tail, the smokestack, Mm -hmm. and you can actually see it really up close. Whereas on the bigger ships, they, they have all this extra stuff going on that you can't get that nice and close to it. And that was kind of a fun thing. I actually laid down on the on the cabin deck next to it and took a picture from there because it was a, I thought it was a fun angle to take the picture, a picture from. In closing, final thoughts of Carnival Inspiration. I thought it was a great little ship. Um, When I walked up, uh, when we arrived at the cruise terminal without having a comparison of one of the bigger ships, it really didn't seem that much smaller. And being on board, it didn't really feel smaller either, um, partially because it is less people. So the like, per square footage per person thing kind of evened out. There were there was a lot to do. There was actually more public spaces. Like there's the, there's a specific night uh, nightclub and like another lounge that seemed to only hold karaoke. I don't know, I'm sure it was used for other stuff. Uh, but there was just as many public spaces, if not more. Um, so it never really felt crowded to me, which was really great. And, and some, for some things it was bigger, like the cabin was bigger. Um, the only d- thing that I did notice that was not my favorite, well, it was not the end of the world, um, but was lacking from when I was on the horizon was that in the, the dining room is because it is a smaller ship, there's less people that you have to feed. The dining room overall is smaller. It doesn't have the two stories that the horizon has, um, at least in the, the aft dining room. So you don't have that really big grand feel that, that, that dining room has. All right. We've been talking with Lauren about her three-night cruise on Carnival Inspiration out of Long Beach. Lauren, I appreciate you sharing your review with us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net.
I'm your announcer.